Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of The Tap. I am your host, author Andrew Hess. Today, I'm actually going to be going over a few just random items when it comes to uh, some news and updates that are going on and a little bit of controversial stuff, too. Uh, I'm going to keep it light at in the beginning. Um, a few updates on things that are going on in WWE. Uh, Io Shirai's WWE status. It looks like she is basically just kind of getting to the end of her contract and she will be heading back to Japan. She will not be renewing her contract. She wants to be closer to her family. Um, Dolph Ziggler turning babyface on Raw last night. Uh, it looks like that they are looking to go and put uh, Austin Theory with Dolph Ziggler. Um, they want to continue making something out of Austin Theory, so they want to go ahead and, and have him put on some great matches with Dolph Ziggler. Um, so it looks like, you know, you they're going to do some wins with Dolph Ziggler, but it looks like it, they are going to have theory cash in the money in the bank at some point successfully uh, within this next year. The one of these, the one of the topics from the headline news uh, that I really wanted to go over was apparently at a recent house show, there was a triple threat match between Liv Morgan, uh, Natalia and Ronda Rousey. And apparently Liv Morgan hit oblivion, which is her finisher on Natalia scores the pinfall victory and immediately after the pinfall victory natalia no sells the finish immediately pops right up onto her knees says something to live morgan and walks out of the ring and back up to the uh, to the entryway now from what i'm being told and what i'm seeing natty is trying to sit there and saying you know she said thank you to live but apparently there was something that happened. No one really knows what the situation is from what they understand that it was resolved that night. Um, but apparently it looked like some Natalia was mad about something. Um, and the sources are saying that it had nothing to do with Morgan. There was no heat on her or Liv Morgan. Um, so it just looks like that that was kind of... Uh, it, it just kind of looks like it was just a random incident that Natty got pissed about. Um, not really too much, too certain on on that one specifically. Uh, also in the news, Mick Foley has signed a brand new WWE Legends contract. So he will be, uh, he is pulling all of his merchandise uh, off the shelves from Pro Wrestling Tees. And it'll be being sold again off of WWE. Um, all right. Two item, the two controversial topics that I'm going to go on about. And I really wanted to cover. Uh, the, I'm going to go with the lesser of the two at first, which is Chris Jericho calling out fans for using the word botch and for fans constantly using the word botch just to criticize wrestlers for them messing up in the ring now chris jericho i'm actually going to pull up the article and I, you can excuse my 
excuse whatever language actually uh, slips out, but he goes, things happen in a match. The effing word I hate the most that fans use is botch. Oh, you botched that one. Shut your effing mouth. There is no such thing as a botch. This is a live show. Mistakes happen. Why? Because we are human beings and we're and we're live. If it happens in a hockey game, the fans don't start chanting in unison, you effed up, you effed up. You go to a Broadway play and someone fumbles their lines. People don't start chanting, you effed up, you effed up. You go to a wrestling match and miss a hip toss and people start chanting. That's BS. It's effing disrespectful. And wrestling fans walk the line of being disrespectful. WWE Hall of Fame and people are effing booing the Bushwhackers for being in the Hall of Fame. F you. So that to me is like, yeah, I love wrestling fans. If there were no fans, there would be no career of Chris Jericho. But you guys got to keep it in check sometimes and show some respect. So the one item I will say out of that quote that I agree with Chris Jericho on would be fans booing and disrespecting the Bushwhackers when it came to them being inducted in the Hall of Fame. Because the Bushwhackers did belong in the Hall of Fame. They, ha- they might not have won championships in the WWE. They might not have been, you know, a big proponent, really big in storylines in the WWE, but they were world-known wrestlers. I mean, they were countlessly referred to as the sheep herders, and I believe ECW, WCW, and several other wrestling promotions throughout the world. So WWE was honoring them. And yes, in that aspect, I believe that Jericho is right in saying fans should be more respectful, especially when it comes to Hall of Fame. However, I do not agree with him criticizing fans for using the word botch. Okay? Or chanting you effed up. Because that is part of sports and entertainment yes you might have screwed up in the ring people call you out on your botch not for nothing but Shotzi Blackheart had been botching up a storm in the money in the bank match I'm not going to go online and sit there and berate her over it am I going to call call a spade a spade when I'm doing a recap absolutely I'm going to sit there and say, she screwed up. She did. She, in, she injured herself in this. She wound up jumping and hurt. Uh, she was supposed to climb a ladder in the corner and hit a, a whatever move. And she screwed up and banged her knee into it. She had, I think it was Alexa Bliss on her shoulders. And I don't know if what the spot was supposed to end up being, but very awkwardly and clumsily, backed into the ladder and they both took a hard fall on the ladder which i do not believe that she was supposed to land like that and then finally shati went for a senton off the top rope and was supposed to hit the ladder i guess missed what she was supposed to do and bang the back of her head breaking it open and possibly having a concussion yes those are botches 
And not for nothing, someone who was, was when you're having a lot of botches in the ring, it's being called because yes, it is live. Mistakes do happen. But at the same time, if mistakes continue to happen, it needs to be taken account for because that makes it an unsafe work environment. And for the entertainment aspect of things, no, at a Broadway play, you're not going to sit there and chant you effed up. But at a hockey game, basketball game, baseball game, football game, yes, you are going to have something like that. Because there have been plenty of times I've been at Yankee Stadium and hear the, the crowd ripping apart whoever the opposite team's right fielder was. You hear constantly swing batter, swing batter. Oh, you're going to lose. You're going to miss it, miss it, miss it. You're going to hear all this stuff. When it comes to basketball, someone's shooting, uh, going to shoot. You yelling brick. You're, you're yelling air ball. You're trying to distract them. It's all part of the entertainment. So, yeah, you know, I understand that it's live. And I'm not going to sit there and berate wrestlers online for it. I'm not going to sit there and, like, stalk their social media like some of these internet trolls do. But you can't sit there and say internet fans, wrestling fans need to be more respectful and not chant UF'd up or botch when someone screws up. It's the same thing of when a referee goes to count now and goes one, two, and it goes two, and you hear the, the fans going, sweet. Come on. It's just something that the fans do. If you can't go ahead and tolerate someone criticizing that you saying you effed up or saying you botched a move, I'm sorry. You need to you need to go ahead and, and t- get tougher skin, man. And that's the nicer way of me putting it. Now for the really the really controversial topic that I really want to cover at the moment. And I've really tried not to go into this. I really have. Um I've been trying to put this off now for a little while. And that's the, the comments made by Jordan Grace. And now it's getting even more <clears throat> kind of, I don't even know. It's just getting worse. In my opinion, she's not making it any better. Or at least she's she's trying to appease some people and she's just she's making it worse, in my opinion. She should have just said uh, the comments that she made, she could have kept it the way she was uh, and saying, you know, in her opinion of things, but leaving the, the wrestling aspect of this out of it. And that's been the problem. She's she was criticizing the fact that she, she was trying to criticize Chris Benoit as a man. And I'm actually trying to pull up the initial. Let's see if I can just find it. 
All right. I just found it. So her initial. Here was her initial quote. It's always wild listening to wrestlers discuss Chris Benoit in a professional context because they always be sure to note they aren't excusing what happened before praising his in-ring stuff for 10 minutes, except New Jack. Or it looks like that was somebody else, maybe. So then she replied, this is going to be the coldest take I ever tweet on this app. I already know y'all are going to be mad. I don't think Benoit could 100% hang with most of the present-day best wrestlers. He would not be able to remember matches. Also, may he burn in hell. Amen. Proving a point, I said something very lightly critical about him. People jumped to defend him. He should never be defended. Dude lost that right when he gave his seven-year-old Xanax and strangled him while he was already unconscious. Then a fan asked her, removing the CTE, you don't think Benoit in his prime, could keep up with the best of today. May I ask you what the rationale behind that is? She replied with the following, maybe I'm biased because he murdered his family. I don't know. Probably just me. I think we should all hate him and disregard his entire body of work. But again, that's just my take. I always found it revolting to see people praise his wrestling after what he did. A lot of wrestlers had taken up issue with this. And I, I kind of, I agree to both standpoints. You hate what Benoit did. And this is a very controversial topic. I'm sorry if anyone takes any kind of offense to this. But what Benoit did was completely just disgusting. But at the same time, and I'm not excusing anything, we have learned so much about CTE since then and how badly Benoit's brain had been from CTE. Who knows what was going through his head, why he did the things that he did? I don't know. We will never know. And it's not an excuse. But CTE is a real thing. And it is causing a lot of devastation to many families. You had a football player who was 35 years old took his life because of CTE. You have athletes left and right coming, being found with, to have CTE after they've died. Whatever they do, it's not an excuse. But everything that they've done before committing a crime or before taking their own life should not be ignored either. Because they have contributed to their profession. They gave everything to that profession. 
Are you just saying that a football player who takes his life because of CTE, we should then disregard his entire body of work? Or a soccer, a soccer star who was ha- who suffering from CTE deviates from what he's seeing, goes onto incoming traffic, smashes head on with a, with a car, kills an entire family that's in that car. Should we then disre- disregard that, that soccer player's entire body of work, everything that he's done up until that point? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody in this instance. Because this is a very, very tough discussion to have with anybody. And for me to just sit here by myself talking about it is even difficult for me to do. Because it's, I loved Benoit as a wrestler. I followed his career. I knew him all from ECW, WCW, WWE. I knew his career in the States very well and had always been one of my favorite wrestlers up until that incident. I can respect everything that he did in that ring because he did everything laid everything out on the line, was one of the most passionate, intense wrestlers. But then you hear what happened. You hear what he did. And CTE aside, you are disgusted. I am completely disgusted with what he did to his family. There is no excuse. It'd be the same thing if uh, if someone had dementia and ended up having an episode and wound up killing everybody. Yes, the disease caused it. Yes, the person had chosen to make that decision, regardless of whatever was going on. You can't always hide behind the illness, but understand what the illness is. Now, Jordan Grace has gone back and issued an apology saying, last week, I made an irresponsible and unnecessary tweet. Regardless of how my personal emotions influence my opinion, I should have recognized the impact of my words would have on friends and family close to the situation. I was completely thoughtless in that regard. Since reflecting this past week, I've reached out privately to friends and family that I have angered or hurt. Among those was David Benoit, Chavo Guerrero, and Chris Jericho, who are supporting me in the decision to partner and fundraise with the Concussion Legacy Foundation, formerly Sports Legacy Institute. I have pledged $5,000 with the overall campaign goal being $20,000. I am acutely aware that the damage has been done. I would never intentionally add onto the suffering of those already dealing with such a traumatic event. And I am sorry for my insensitivity and aggravating. This is already a delicate topic. This is my way of attempting to squeeze something positive out of a negative situation I created. Thank you in advance to everyone who donates. 
So she does try to take ownership for what happened, for what she said. And I can commend her for for issuing the apology. We all say and do things that we don't mean, or, or maybe we say things that we do mean, but don't intend to really ever have a public eye on it, I guess. Um, I really, I applaud her for trying to take the steps necessary to say, hey, I screwed up and I want to atone for my actions. But I feel like she she backpedaled because so many of her peers came down on her. Not because she was really remorseful. That's my opinion. But that's how I feel. And whether she is genuinely remorseful or not, that's her side. Um, then we wind up having Sandra Tuffalani, uh, who is the sister of Nancy Benoit, who wound up noting on this, says, it's weird. I didn't hear my phone ring. I really thought the work I've been putting in for the, for 15 years, trying to keep and elevate my sister's legacy hadn't gone unnoticed. Guess my family isn't afterthought again. I don't. I don't even know where to effing start. Hashtag heartbroken. To think I broke all the years of silence, ignored my personal pain and rage to successfully put every person mentioned in this apology tweet over time and time again in the press, doing PR and on my platforms. Why did I think it would be different? Effing Groundhog's Day. Grace replied back to her saying, Sandra, I just followed you to hopefully be able to message privately. I'm not sitting here trying to stir the pot. I'm not sitting here trying to cause trouble. But I feel like this really was a highly unnecessary story. Like, this was really unnecessary for Jordan Grace to have ever gotten involved in. It's a controversial topic because of of everything surrounding it. How do you separate a person's professional legacy from the personal things that they've done in their life? How do you separate such matters? O.J. Simpson, another fine example. O.J. Simpson was an amazing football player. He killed Ronald Goldman and, and his wife, Nicole Brown Simpson. He was never convicted for it, but everyone knows that he's done it. There's been countless documentaries that has proven that OJ either did it or had some sort of involvement in it. 
he was never sentenced for it. But then goes and steals memorabilia that was his that had been sold. He steals it back, gets busted, ends up in jail. At this point, do you sit there and discredit everything and forget everything he did in football? You can hate the person for the actions that they've done in their personal life and still have a respect for their for what they've done professionally before those completely horrible actions in their personal life. To Nancy Benoit's family, I have always appreciated the work that she's done in the ring as well. I remember her very well in her time in ECW, managing Sandman, temporarily managing Shane Douglas. I remember her being with Ric Flair. I remember her being part of the whole Four Horsemen and the Dungeon of Doom. I remember a lot when it comes to her. And she was a phenomenal person to see in professional wrestling. Whatever happened that night at the Benoit household, whatever was going through everyone's minds will forever be unknown. Why it happened will forever be unknown. But I am truly sorry for what Nancy Benoit's family, Sandra and her family, have all had to deal with over these years. And likewise, David Benoit, I'm sorry for what he's had to go through all these years as well. There's much sorrow every time you think about any of them. And there's not a day that goes by that I see anything pertaining to Nancy Benoit or Chris Benoit that doesn't both make me happy to see their performance in the ring when it comes to the streaming services that we can watch it on and still feel quite sad knowing what happened in their lives later, much later on. I do want to go ahead and just make reference again that CTE is real and there should be more, more studies on that. There needs to be more knowledge and a way for us to understand CTE and be able to diagnose it before it gets to a point where people have to die before that's found. Because maybe then we'll be able to go ahead and stop situations happening such as a football player taking his life. 
or a wrestler who murdered his family. That is going to end our show for today. I don't really have words to go ahead and continue on based on the topic that we just had to cover. I will be back. Keep tuning in. Until next time, I am author Andrew Hess. And find out what's on tap.